morning, good afternoon, good evening to you, dear listener. Welcome to Floaters. This is a podcast where I talk to people from nowhere, people who don't have a physical place they call home, and just chat to them about their lives. Um, This is our first episode. I'm very excited and so happy that you've chosen to join us for this. My name's Sophia. I'm a 20-something... Oh no. Right. Let's try that again, shall we? I'm a 20-something-year-old living in the southwest of the UK. I'm a, I'm also a crazy dog lady, and I promise I don't have COVID. I just had something stuck in my throat. Now, this is my first podcast. This is the first episode. I'm feeling it all out. I'm trying to see how this is going to go. And um, I've decided to keep a lot of things in, all the mistakes or all the little bits here and there. And um, I'm afraid you're just going to have to listen to that, that awful cough there. I don't, yeah. (laughs) So we're going to keep going. We're just going to keep going. So um, welcome to this here podcast. And um, our first guest today is none other than businesswoman, fashion stylist, designer, and very good friend of mine, Adora Salido. Now, Adora and I have known each other for a long time, and you'll find out that I don't know exactly how long within the first five minutes of the episode. And we just chatted a lot about her upbringing and how our friendship sort of blossomed. And the funny thing is, as well, as soon as we started recording, we both froze a little bit or we tensed up so our conversation isn't quite as natural as it usually is because as soon as we stopped recording we actually had such a brilliant conversation about all the things you're about to hear but as I said before I'm trying to keep in all the (laughs) all the imperfections like that one too and really let this just evolve organically So I really hope you'll enjoy our conversation and uh, the doggo interruption that happens as well. Little puppy Gus just decides to hop in at some point. And um, I really hope you enjoy. And without further ado, here is the first episode of Floaters. Hello, welcome to... I think we're going to stick with floaters. That's the name of the podcast now. Welcome to Floaters, uh, the podcast where uh, I talk to people from either somewhere or everywhere. Um, my name is Sophia, and um, I'm what's known as a third culture kid. So that's someone who's grown up in cultures different to both their parents, which means, well, for example, my mum is German, my dad is half Spanish, half English. I spent a lot of my childhood traveling around the world, not in one place for more than five years uh, before putting, being put in boarding school at the age of 11 and then going home for holidays wherever the home may have been. So over the lockdown, um, I found myself living with my family again for the first time since I was 11, which has been very, very interesting. I'm not going to lie. Um, so living at home, it's made me think a bit more about uh my identity wow this is turning out really badly but you know it's fine we're, we're working it out we're working it out um and uh, to whoever whoever's listening thank you so much for taking the time to listen because um there are literally thousands of podcasts out there and for some reason you chose to click on this so um cheers for that 
and um, I hope you enjoy it. So um, today we have a very special guest for the first episode of this podcast. Um, her name, well, no, I have to do this the other way around, isn't it? <laughs> so, so, so she is a businesswoman, entrepreneur, fashion designer, Instagram influencer, ladies and gentlemen, Adora Saludo. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to have you. Now, for the context of this conversation, I think people need to know, um, myself and Adora, we've known each other for a while, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Many, many years. Many years. I think it might, is it almost 10 years now? It must be 10 years. I think it's way more, actually. Oh, <laughs> it's like 13 years. Oh, wow. I really got that wrong, yeah. didn't I? Wow. <laughs> wow that's more than almost well half my life there we go so long old time and uh, we met at boarding school Mm -hmm. um, in that lovely place um in Essex and um so Ify I just thought I'd start with asking you um you know with a what might be a basic question to some people but not to others um where did you grow up oh wow that's uh a loaded question actually (laughs) because like you said I kind of grew up in a lot of different places um just like yourself uh I think I started maybe I would say this the first 10 years of my life um I lived everywhere uh we moved a lot because my dad's job so we were never in one place for more than a year so we're kind of just every year would move to a different country and yeah when I was about 10 we finally moved to England and that is where we settled and I went to boarding school mm-hmm. and yeah. where did you, you uh, where did you end up traveling then <clears throat> where did I live um it was mostly different states in America uh we lived in the UK for a bit went back to Nigeria for a bit uh, there was a little bit in Ethiopia, but yeah, we just kind of bounced around for a little bit, sometimes a couple of months, sometimes a year, but yeah, it was just all over the place, really. And what was your favorite place, like, growing up? Oh, I think I was quite your favorite young. Place, your favorite place must be London now, but <laughs> before. Yeah, <laughs> I think, like, most of my memories are in London, um, or in the UK generally, uh, but I would say, oh, I would say maybe when we lived in America, Pennsylvania for a bit, oh, maybe because wow. that's the one memory that I have. I just remember climbing up in the trees. So yeah, that just really stuck out to me because I don't know why, because I'm not the kind of person <laughs> to climb in, on trees now. So I just remember doing that as a kid and yeah. That's my favourite memory. <laughs> <laughs> so you started boarding school at age 10, 11? Yes, I did. I started at age 10. Gosh. And did you, were you in the same boarding school the whole time? Or did you have to swap as well with schools? Uh, I went to so many, quite a few boarding schools, actually. So I started boarding school in Nigeria. So when my family was moving, I... Um, started boarding school in Nigeria and then after a year I moved to the UK and then coming to the UK it was a bit of a culture shock um, also because my family was in London and then I went to boarding school in North Yorkshire 
which is very, very different. Nigeria to North Yorkshire was a very, very different experience. And um, I just remember just being overwhelmed and I just couldn't fit in. Mm-hmm. And after a year of begging my parents, I finally got to move closer to home, to Essex. Uh, yeah, where I met you. <laughs> yeah, and then your life changed for the better. Um, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what was it like in, in Yorkshire then? I mean, I remember you've told me a few stories about like chicken and chocolate. There was a story about the chicken and chocolate that I seem to remember. <laughs> Do you not remember this? <laughs> <laughs> I to remember this story. York, Yorkshire was a, there's so many moments from there. Like even sometimes my mom would tell me a story and I'm like, I think I've tried to block out a lot of things that happened there. Cause I hated, I hated that year. It was one of the worst times. And I'm not sure if I hated it because we had just moved and I was away from my family for the first time properly and I was so far away and everyone was so different from me. But I just, oh, it was just a horrible experience in general, to be fair. But um, yeah, it was just completely different, completely awful. Mm. Um, yeah, some very horrible people too. <laughs> Did, yeah, I was going to say, like, what were your boarding mates like? <laughs> Sorry, what did you say? What were your like boarding friends like or like the people you were at school with like? Um, I think a lot of people there were a little bit maybe ignorant, I would say. I think, uh, so I, when we went, it was me and my older brother and he was a year older than me, but I had skipped a year, so we're both in the same year. But we happened to be the only two black kids in the entire school so I think a lot of people had a lot of questions that now that I'm grown up I understand that maybe as kids they were coming from a place of ignorance but when you're younger and people are constantly asking you questions and making assumptions about you it's it's very hard for a young person to deal with and I just felt very I was very aware of being different and I was just very aware of just the differences between me and everyone else, I guess. Mm. And do you think that that spilled over into our school at all? I think the difference with moving um, a little closer to London, I guess, and moving to Essex was that it was a bit more diverse. And I think maybe people there also came from different backgrounds. And I think we had a lot of international students as well. Yeah. So I didn't feel like the other, I was just one of the <laughs> others, I guess. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We yeah. Have a lot of people from all different places, um, as well as lots and lots yeah. of English people, of course. Like, exactly. <laughs> I think we had a lot of exchange students as well. I remember I did feel as different. There were so many different languages, so many different cultures and different mm-hmm. people. So it just felt oh, okay, this is all different, <laughs> but we're all different in our own way, I guess. Yeah, I always found myself really gravitating towards those people at school. Like, I mean, maybe it's because we were there all the time as well. Like, I didn't go home at the yeah. stuff, and sometimes you didn't either. But it was like, those are the people that you just had to mesh with. Like, you know, you got yeah. friends from Croatia, friends from Slovakia for a bit, and Czech Republic, <clears throat> you know. Um, but it's interesting, because like, so do you call London home now? 
Yeah, I would say, I mean, I feel like it's very difficult to call London home just because even moving to England, I was never just in London. So I went from Yorkshire to Essex and then to university in Reading. And then I'd say 2015 was the first time I actually lived in London. Mm. And it kind of made me realize that I, I'm not as London as I like to claim just because my family lives here. I, it's not quite, I guess it was a new environment for me as well, moving to London. But yeah, I would say London, Nigeria. Yeah, I'd call both of those places home. Because what's the longest you've spent um, in a singular place? Like when, when's the longest time that you've unpacked your bags for? Oh, Possibly between 2015 and 2018. Oh, really? So that was, yeah, that was the three-year period where I was in London. And yeah, I was just living. I knew I was not moving. I didn't move. And yeah, I was in one place for three years. Wow. At the record. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was going to ask that. How did that feel? Because I know for me, like... I start to get, when it gets to around the three year mark or even a year now at the moment, I get, start to get like antsy for some kind of change, whether that's like a job or I need to move or maybe I need to dye my hair purple. I don't know, like something <laughs> needs to happen. No, definitely. I feel, I feel the exact same way. I mean, in 2018, I just randomly on a like Friday night decided I wanted to move and I did. <laughs> so I, I, I kind of, yeah, I get that itch all the time where I'm like I'm just ready for something new I'm ready for a new experience I'm ready to just do something completely different Mm. and does that manifest itself in like is it mainly like physically moving or is it like have you ever gone on a splurge or something or um I don't know moved your furniture around that tends to be quite popular (laughs) (laughs) I think especially during this lockdown I have changed my room so many times (laughs) but yeah no I think it's actually very interesting because I've never kind of put the two together but I think I'm definitely the kind of person that likes to change things around if I'm not moving I want to change jobs I changed quite you know (laughs) frequently um just everything I'm just ready after a year I feel stuck and if something is not changing within that situation I'm ready to just leave it all together and move on and try something new Mm. So yeah. Yeah, because with your bedroom and stuff, I was thinking about this the other day. I um so I work in a shop and a lady came in and she said, Oh, I need to buy something for my goddaughter. She just started boarding school. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Speaking to the right person right here. So I started taking her around and I started to think, like, what would I have wanted at school? And it hit me small things like, I was like, oh, maybe she wants some nice push pins because that would be nice for a, you know, a pin board or, mm-hmm. I don't know, something to decorate her room, make it feel you know, like hers, right? And then um, it made me think, like, what were the things that I chose to be my constants in my room? Because we had to change our, our school like every, every term, every semester. Yeah. We changed bedrooms. So like, what were the things or, or then and what are the things now that make your bedroom your bedroom? Oh, then I think it was more the, I guess the only thing you could customize then was the the board. Mm-hmm. So that was the only thing you had control over. So I remember everyone trying to make theirs as unique to themselves as possible. So yeah, I think I spent a lot of time 
thinking about my board. Um, I mean, halfway through the term, I just end up as just homework and stuff like that. But at the beginning, you take so much time to decorate it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and even at home now, I mean, it changes around a lot, but I think, what would I say stays constant? Definitely my pictures. I've still got um, pictures on my wall, things like that. Um, and that doesn't really change, yeah. And so when, um, speaking of the pictures on the wall, I wonder like uh, when you come and stay with your parents, like um, when you come home, uh, do you feel like, do you feel at home because your parents are there or is it more like also the sort of, yeah, is it the pictures on the wall or is it the, I don't know, the furniture you've had for years and years or, I don't know, are your family attached to things like furniture and stuff? I think everywhere else in the house, it does change very frequently but I think one good thing is I've had the same room for possibly over a decade yeah maybe about 13 years I've had the same room so every time I've moved even when I went to university or when I went to wherever I went when I moved to Nigeria by myself when I come back it's I still have the same room so my room stays empty and it just stays mine so I think that's a thing in my house that I'm assured of where I just know no matter where I go when I come back I still have my space I still have all my things mm-hmm. and it's very nice I guess to kind of have that to come back to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way like there are certain pictures that my parents have that I'm like this would not be home if that wasn't there at all yeah. <laughs> that would be that would be like I, I don't know where I'd be in that case um but do you find like how do you feel about permanence, like things being the same forever? Is it alarming? Is it scary? Oh, that is terrifying. Because I think I always imagine a completely different future, a completely different life. Mm-hmm. What I have now, so I, I don't think I'm attached to things staying the same. But at the same time, I don't like change. So maybe that's why I like having, maybe I like to call my house an anchor. Like I have something that's there that's constant that's permanent like no matter what happens mm-hmm. it's all, it kind of always stays the same I remember like moving back moving to Nigeria for a year and coming back I just remember opening the door and just the smell was the exact same and it just made it feel like home I guess mm-hmm. but I yeah I don't I, I don't really particularly want anything else in my life to stay the same I just always imagine things to be completely different but mm-hmm. I like having this one thing that's constant. It always smells the same. It's the same people when I leave and come back. Mm-hmm. So yeah. on the scale of like, so yeah, on the scale of like rootless and re- restless, like let's say the restless scale. So like um, a craving for change. Yeah. Zero to 10. 10 being like, can't stand. No, no, no. How do you play this game? Let's think about this, Sophia. <laughs> 10 being, you need the change. You need the change a lot. And zero being like, you don't need it. It's okay. You'll find where you are. Well, where I am right now. Yeah. Why, why not? Right now. Oh, right now. I think maybe because I've been constant for the past, like since March, I feel, it feels very stale. Mm. I'm at a 10, but generally <laughs> in life, <laughs> I'm, I'm just looking for something new to do right now. But generally <laughs> in life, I think I, I sit somewhere at a maybe seven Mm -hmm. where I'm 
I guess maybe I have a plan or this things or like there's a path I'm taking but at the same time I'm like oh what's there oh that could be interesting okay mm-hmm. uh, if that if this straight path doesn't work I might double back and you know take that or like I'm always willing to be like what's new what's different because yeah. I mean we've skipped over that part but you know lockdown for some for people like ourselves who are used to the the every so often change and yeah. how has it been lockdown for you it's definitely a different experience um kind of being in the same place having a routine a proper routine for the first time ever has been very different for me and not being able to control or not being able to just make an impulsive decision or yeah just make changes as I like has been I think quite interesting but I'm definitely ready (laughs) to wrap up this phase for sure because you're quarantining quarantining with the whole family weren't you yes 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 which is different I guess because we're never all together Mm -hmm. so it's it's strange but it's been good I mean I bet it must be strange because like (laughs) for my family yeah the first time it was the first time that we were all together for such an amount of time since we were kids and now we're all in our 20s and it was just we are all adults now and and we have voices we have loud voices (laughs) (laughs) exactly it was a lot Um, but um oh sorry no no yeah I was just saying I was just agreeing it's the exact same everyone's grown up but we're all for the first time together so it's like oh wow yeah, everyone's grown up, and everyone has strong opinions about different things. <laughs> Fun <laughs> oh, makes for a nice tense family dinner. I find <laughs> that's your bag. Then you no, know, come to mine or Adora's house. We, we've got you covered. Because <laughs> um, yeah, we should say we are recording this on. Uh, where are we? September? Is it September now? September twenty twenty. So uh, we're in the UK. So we're at the prospect of having maybe a second lockdown at some point. Oh, should be fun. Oh, yes. Um, another round. Another round of intense I do, I do miss the lack of traffic, though. Like, the one or two times I left my house during the proper lockdown, there was oh. nobody on the road. God, I miss That's it. That's the one thing I would say I miss, being in London. Mm. No traffic. That's very rare. I bet. Didn't you <laughs> find the first week or so of lock- lockdown when, like, everything stopped? The yeah. Year- there were like no clouds in the sky. Did you guys get that in London? I don't even remember leaving my room. I was so happy when it first happened. You don't <laughs> understand. There was a calmness that came over me because I think I'm a, I'm always, I guess, I don't want to say working, but I'm always doing something, I guess. But there was a calmness when everybody had to stop which I loved. So I just stayed in bed for about a week straight and binge Netflix. And then it hit me. And I was like, oh, <laughs> what's going on? But you got to relish in the calm for a second, like give it a go, exactly. roll around. and Exactly. I loved that for like a week. And then I need to get out. <laughs> got to get back. Got to get yeah. back to where you were. No, honestly, like, I mean... I could, I mean, I could, I could be that lazy person. I really could. 
but then it's the same sort of thing it's like that part of my brain that goes nope should be doing something you should yeah. <laughs> maybe that's the part that's programmed of like you're due to move or you're, you're due to yeah. um be doing something different and whether that means no 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 remember you've got to get out of bed today <laughs> you've got <laughs> yeah. to have a shower remember that <laughs> exactly um so with your um what's your relationship to like um your so both your parents are they're from nigeria aren't they yes so what's your relationship with like nigeria because that's oh no you've oh recently you've got um you got another passport didn't you i was going to say that's your passport country oh well i've got dual citizenship now yes (laughs) very exciting very exciting Mm -hmm. um but um, what, how do you feel, like, what's your relationship with, um, with uh, your parents' like, home country? Um, I would say it's pretty much the same as it's always been. Uh, both my parents are from Nigeria. Well, we're all Nigerians. Both my parents are from the same city, the same town, same village in Nigeria. And I think my parents have done a very good job of keeping us um, what's the word I'm looking for? They've done a very good job of kind of keeping us close to our roots. So for example, I always say when I leave the door, you know, I'm in London or I'm in the UK, but once I cross my door, I'm back in Nigeria. So my mom makes an effort to always like cook Nigerian food. And my mom only speaks Igbo to us, which is where I'm from. I'm from the Southeast of Nigeria. So I grew up speaking both languages. When I come home, I'm speaking Igbo. And when I go out, I'm speaking English. Um, yeah, and every single year, at least once a year, we go back home, uh, sometimes twice a year. But yeah, every Christmas for sure, we go back home to Nigeria. And yeah, so I've always kind of felt connected to Nigeria. Yeah, so it's never been fragmented or anything. Like your parents <laughs> have just totally embedded that into your upbringing. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's one thing I'm very grateful to them for. So I just feel very, yeah, very connected to Nigeria. I think that's great because it's amazing how like, you know, some families, I think my family as well falls into this category where like you immerse yourself into a country, but then you start to assimilate it. And instead mm-hmm. of recognizing <laughs> your heritage or something, you're, you're, it sort of gets lost a little bit. Yeah. Um, which is. Um, which is is a shame, obviously, but um, you know it's 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 so great that your parents were just like no 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 remember <laughs> yeah <laughs> place <laughs> oh it's so true I think I think that's the thing I think it's important to assimilate to whatever country you go into but I also think it's important and especially for their parents or to kind of also keep that part alive, to kind of educate the kids on, you know, their culture and their roots and things like that. And for me, I think going back to Nigeria was kind of what made that stronger for me. Yeah, I bet actually. I mean, I get that when I, when I go to Germany, my German is, is not great. (laughs) It's really not. But every time I go back, like within the first, you know, if I'm there for two weeks, let's say, by the end of the first week, like my speaking is back to normal, like I'm good. And all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, I want to do all the things. I want to go have coffee and cake. I want to go and like, you know, or just spend time with my grandma. And then, um, 
yeah and then all of a sudden I come back and then it all just it just goes away or like there's certain yeah. things I like to do but then I, yeah I've never lived there for like a you know like you've lived in Nigeria for a year like no that's not yeah. you've lived there though I'm sure or have you lived there for <laughs> longer before yeah I mean the last time I lived there was before just before uh I moved here so I think when we were traveling a lot we settled in Nigeria for a few years mm. before we eventually moved here but um in 2018 I made a very impulsive decision to move back for a year so yeah I thought I was I thought I was used to it and I thought I knew everything that there was to Nigeria but moving back on my own for a year was completely was a completely different experience (laughs) um what happened (laughs) (laughs) I think uh for me moving back was just different because I was so used to going back every year so when I made the decision to move back I thought it would be the same as when I go back every year and I knew I lived there when I was a kid so I knew I knew what was what who was who um and I go back every Christmas I know what happens I know how it works but when you move back by yourself (laughs) to a country that you haven't lived in in over 10 years you realize that going back at Christmas when everyone comes back everyone's kind of it's like the holiday period Mm-hmm. It's very different when you're there in January, February, March, and you're you're realizing that it's not the same as just going back for Christmas for like two mm-hmm. weeks. Mm-hmm. But it, it was an interesting experience getting used to people and having to act differently as well. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was very interesting, I think. Okay, let's delve into that a bit. What do you mean by like <laughs> act differently? <laughs> I think first things first was going back and in the first couple of days I was maybe acting like myself like how I normally would but I remember someone kind of saying to me they're going to take advantage of you if you don't switch up and (laughs) behave differently because although I'm Nigerian where you come back and you kind of sound different and things like that people just assume okay she's not from here. She's a foreigner. So she won't know how things work. Or for example, when I moved back, I went straight um, into camp. So basically in Nigeria, if you're Nigerian, when you graduate from university, you have to do a year of service, which is three weeks in a military camp. And then you have to work for the rest of the year. So I moved back on a Monday so I landed in Nigeria on a Monday and I was in camp on a Wednesday or Thursday. And I just remember getting there and someone had to pull me to the side. and was like, if you're going to survive in here, <laughs> you need to switch up a bit. You need to, you know, act like you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, things like haggling and with prices. It's very different. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, if you ask how much something is and they tell you that's not the real price. It's things like that that I kind of forgot or maybe I never experienced just going back for like two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. So when I was there for the first maybe, I would say, <laughs> I'm not even ashamed to say it, for the first maybe three months, I know I overpaid for everything. Because <laughs> <laughs> they just hear the accent and they're like, oh, this one doesn't know the price. Let's like double it. <laughs> so it was 
after a couple of months when I started to realize, okay, no, this shouldn't be this price and this shouldn't be that price. So I can actually haggle Mm -hmm. and I knew what to say and, you know, how to sound like I knew what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It was just other things in general where you just had to figure things out. I think Nigerians are kind of hustlers. Like Mm. they're very, um, they, they might, they can come across as quite, abrasive and very um just very uh, forward I think I think yeah very forward direct and like yeah exactly that's the word very direct so you have you can't have that English politeness when it comes (laughs) to Nigerians because they don't it goes over their heads so you just have to be very straight to the point you have to say what you want to say and say how you want to say it basically and when people say it speak that way to you you need to also take it on the chin they're not trying to be rude they're not trying to you know mm-hmm. yeah. just, that's just how it is yeah I gotta get straight to the point and like don't waste any time exactly I mean, in Colombia there was um because we lived there for about three years um while I was at boarding school so going back for holidays and stuff and um in the markets we used to go to and of course like you know, we're a white family walking through this market. I was about five foot 10 at that point. I'm five foot 11 now, I think, 10, 11 still. Mm-hmm. And um, I had really short hair and I was taller than everyone really <laughs> in the whole of South America. Um, and so, you know, people would try and like, yeah, how much do you want? Like they'd say, I'd say, how much, how much do you want for this? And they'd say, oh, it'll be like, I don't know. I can't remember, I don't know, thousand, um, a thousand pesos and you'd be like ah okay no 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 thank you I can't I can't afford that and you start walking away and then they go I don't know 900 800 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. said a number you liked you're like okay we can talk now sir <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's get that <laughs> exactly mm. it's like different culturally like you just need to know what you're doing yeah exactly you can't there's no time to be British I mean my mom my mom talks about that as well the kind of especially actually Germans are very direct, very direct. Like they're quite quiet. They won't make a fuss, but like mm. if you ask their opinion, they're going to tell you. <laughs> they're going to tell yeah. you if you're stupid. If you think you should have done something else, like before you did the thing you did. Have you ever felt like with, with moving around and stuff? And of course you, you've had amazing experiences. You've been able to live in such amazing countries and, um, you know, go to some good schools and that sort of thing. Is there a, any part of your brain that's like, I don't know, what's the right way of putting this? Like, why me? Do you ever think about that? Or is that just me? No. I don't, honestly, I've never thought about it like that. Just <laughs> <laughs> me then? Oh, God. <laughs> it's never really occurred to me. Um, and also, it's something where, maybe I never even thought about as different. Mm-hmm. I think I just accepted it as part of life. And maybe I assume that people have the same experiences. And so it's sometimes weird when I meet someone who's never left their country of like origin. And maybe I just took it for granted, to be very honest. I just never thought of life as any different, to be very honest. Maybe, maybe I've phrased that the wrong way then. Maybe what I mean is like, you know, so let's say you're talking to someone, um, you're just talking to someone and maybe they, they're from the UK, for example. And, mm. uh, yeah, maybe they're that person. They've never left the UK. 
um, and you just start talking and then they ask you like, oh no, maybe I'm asking a totally different question. It's okay. We're rolling through. We're rolling through. So and what if they say like, where are you from? Or like, you know, have you ever had to sort of um, answer those questions in like tactful, tactful ways? Do you have like different ways of answering for these different situations? Like depending on who it is or where you are or, you know, what situation you find yourself in. What you mean when they ask where I'm from? Yeah. I think for me, I just go straight back to Nigeria just because it's what I know as home, I guess. Mm -hmm. So it's just where I'm most drawn to. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, my name is very Nigerian. And I think Nigerians, especially the Igbo people, we're very, very drawn to home. So Mm -hmm. every Igbo person has a home in their village or their, you know, town of origin. So we're all very, very drawn to that. So immediately someone asks me, it's the first thing I think of um, Mm -hmm. in terms of home. uh, Yeah, and I think my name kind of gives it away when a Nigerian meets me or anyone from who maybe knows, like when I meet people from like different parts of Africa in general, they just kind of know, I guess. Mm. and mm. I just assume so you never say um British or like London or anything just because I mean now you've got your passport as well <laughs> yeah I think the only time that that has happened maybe twice when I was traveling uh once when I was in New York and some but she was she was speaking of the accent she said oh I really like your accent where's that from so I think I yeah I just said oh you know But um, then I think I traveled to Prague as well and someone had asked me and I knew they were referring, they weren't referring to where I was from in terms of anything deeper. They just heard that I sounded differently and they just said, Mm. oh, where are you from? And yeah, so that's, I think that's the only time where I would say the UK or... (laughs) (laughs) Short, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I know you're trying to figure out what, where, you know, the accent or whatever. It's like, yeah, yeah, UK. <laughs> yeah, uh, Nigeria. Mm. Yeah, I mean, for a point of reference, I guess sometimes I'll end up just saying, yeah, I'm from London, even though I'm in Wiltshire right now, or like, you know, or, <laughs> like, oh, where did you go to school? London. <laughs> where did London. you? <laughs> London. (laughs) Exactly. It just makes it so much easier because I don't have time to be breaking down. Essex is just outside of London. It's not quite. Yeah. I'm just like London. (laughs) Very easy. Um, So when you think of like um, home, Mm. where would you say when you, yeah. When you think of home, where is it for you? Is it a physical place or is it, I don't know something else oh actually I wouldn't say it's maybe in the past I would have said it was a physical place Mm. um but now I think it's more wherever my family is because I think we move we've moved around so much and I've gone off uh to different places but wherever my family is I would just say that is home at that point in time because even when we go back to Nigeria 
there's different places that we could be at different times. So we could be in um, the capital city, which is Abuja, or we can go down to the southeast, back to the village. Or when we come to London, we've got the home, the family home here. So I think for me, it's more wherever my fam, more wherever my mum is. I think my mum is the most grounded person. She's the one person that doesn't really move around too many times. Like my dad's always traveling. My siblings are always in school or wherever. But my mum's always the constant, like wherever she is, that's where everyone kind of flocks to. Mm. So like if my mom's in Nigeria and she's in Abuja, we'll all just come there. If my mom's in London, we'll just come there and that's home. <laughs> so maybe I'll say wherever my mom is. We're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. really close to your mum. Yeah. No, my mom's great. She's, she's my Do best friend. Do you all have that relationship with her? Sorry? Do you all have that relationship with her? Like you and your Yeah, I think so. She's mm. just so chill. It's very easygoing. So yeah. Mm. No, she's a she's a lovely woman. I've met I've met her, of course. She's a very every time I come round, it's like the warmest welcome. I swear, it's so yeah. nice. It's so, oh, oh. No, um, she's so chill. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, and have you ever felt like this might just be me as well? I've done a lot of thinking about this. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm starting to think, oh no, maybe these questions are just for me. Maybe I, <laughs> maybe I just need to go see a therapist. No. Um, <laughs> but um, for like all your travels and stuff, and like growing up in the States as well, and doing, you know, going to Yorkshire and things, and um, just all over the place, um, when you do eventually like talk to people about, you know, where you've been and stuff and for what reasons. Um, do you ever feel like, have you ever felt, you know, for want of a better word, interesting in quotation marks for these decisions that kind of weren't yours? Oh, you know what I mean? Like, um, you might be, I don't know, as an example, you might be someone who's traveled all around the world when you were younger, or like you moved so much, but then now, you know, you want to work, um, I don't know, you work as a dentist and you've got a permanent place and you tell people, you have to explain to people, you know, why it is the way, you know, why your parents are now living in Abu Dhabi or something. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and then you're sort of seen as a, as a, yeah, this interesting person. Yeah, I think, I don't know if it comes up a lot, to be very honest. I think it used to come up a lot more when I was younger, like when I'd just start a new school or I'd just pop up in a different place. And, you know, you have to go through the whole process of telling your story and people have all these questions. Mm. I think as I've gotten older, maybe I just don't mention it as much. Mm. Um, Personally, I I don't even know why. I just don't anymore, Mm. I guess, yeah. No, I guess it's easier. Do you find it easier to be sort of selective with where you just where you sort of share your your story? Yeah, because sometimes I think also maybe sometimes this like people just ask a lot of random questions that I'm or questions that don't really I feel maybe affect me now or. I don't really know why I don't talk about it or I don't bring it up. Mm. It's just, 
it is what it is. It's just sometimes when people find out, oh, you went to 13 schools, they're like, wait, how did that happen? And it's like, oh, yeah. that Again, maybe back to the point where I don't even clock it as something different. I just assume it's a normal way of life for everyone. So when I randomly say things like that, people are like, wait, what? Why? I went to the same school for like, I've been to two schools in my entire life. I'm like, oh, oh, that's different. Okay, yeah. Yeah. You have to explain <laughs> what happened there. Um, mm. Yeah, and no, I generally, honestly, I don't, I don't think about it, I think. Mm. I mean, because with, um, maybe it's, is it because you've also detached yourself? Do you feel like you've detached yourself from like certain schools and certain people or um, like you've, you've found ways to sort of move through it all? That it's sort yeah. of maybe just... I don't know, maybe it hasn't sort of um, affected you as such. I definitely think so. Um, I remember my mum saying something. She was like, if there's one person that can adapt to any situation, it's me. And I'm very much, wherever I find myself, I just adapt to where I am. I, I just feel like I'll just figure out what's going on. And I'm like, okay, cool. So maybe I just try to blend in more than I try to... Um, stick out and be different I remember going to camp back again in camp I just realized that the best way to survive a military camp was to blend in so I tried as hard as maybe like after the first week I was like okay I need to (laughs) I need to blend in I need to figure out you know Mm -hmm. how to be as you know just fit in I guess Mm -hmm. so how many facets of your personality would you say you have like do you have like the way I see it in my brain, it's like your personality, you're like yourself is a book and then you've got mm. all different pages and some people have lots of pages. Some people don't like, do you, do you have, do you feel like you have lots of different pages within those different chapters of like, so this is what I'm like with these people or this is what I'm like. Absolutely. Yes. No, I think so. I think it came from, I remember, I think it started in boarding school. Actually. I think I kind of had different, maybe groups that I felt that I was friends with and I just had to, each one was very different and I felt like I had to kind of um, adapt um, to each of them. So I feel like maybe that kind of played through with my personality and also maybe because of my interests as well. Like, so for example, going to university and studying a degree like economics, but then wanting to go into fashion and then going, so I had to kind of create different, I guess, voices for myself and different um, ways of exploring my different interests. So yeah, I would say there's multiple different layers and chapters. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think to be fair, I've, there's a part of my personality, which I don't know why, but it only comes out with you. And it's the, it's the weird bit. And I'm no, I literally, I have no idea where it comes from, <laughs> but all of a sudden, um, yeah, I think I discovered this, it must've been one Sunday afternoon at school. And, um, it only emerges, I swear with you, but it won't happen now because I know we're recording. So <laughs> it's just going to stay very deep for now. <laughs> but, um, I was going to ask you about airports. Oh. Uh, yeah, I don't know. How do you feel about airports? Do you like them? I used to, actually. I used to look at, air, like, flying as an entire 
thing. Like I used to enjoy the process of buying, like getting there super early. And I have a Nigerian mom, like she likes to get there like three to four hours early. So plenty <laughs> of time to just walk around um, and do absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. But I think in the last year when I was kind of flying back, I think I, I was in an airport like every month or every two months. I quickly got tired of it. I would time my flights to just the right time where I'm arriving just in time to check in and board. Oof. Oh God. I was just over it after a while. Like there's nothing new in duty free. <laughs> like, yeah. After, after like five times you realize, yeah, it's the same chocolates. It's the same perfume. Nah, there's nothing new. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think I'm over them actually. Yeah. I mean, that would stress me out. I am not a person, but when I fly, I'm like, I need to be there at least an hour before, like at least <laughs> something like that. I was once traveling with my sister and she was like, yeah, we'll just meet at the airport. Oh, I'm running late. Don't worry. Just go through security. Go, go, go. And I'm at the gate and I'm like, <laughs> where the fuck is Teresa? And then she turns up and we have like literally, I don't know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes until they call our flight. And I'm like, this is too much. This is like, I can't do this. This is too much. But I guess with them um, flying, the, the more often I do it, the better I am with it. But the yes. less I do it, the more like anxiety. Exactly. No, exactly. I think last year I just became very good at it. Packing, I'm a pro now. Well, I say that, but I still, I'm still overweight every time. But that's <laughs> the point. <laughs> but getting to the airport, getting stuff in the right, like the transparent bags, mm-hmm. things like that, I feel like I've mastered. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm like, boom, boom, out. <laughs> oh, yes, definitely. Like I wear the right shoes that I can slip off. Based, like I, I've gotten very good at it now. And it annoys me when you get to the security and there are some people who aren't prepared for this. And you, you think, this has been <laughs> yeah. around for a while now. Like, there are signs like, come on. But literally, there's, sometimes there's a video of a guy showing you, like, where to yeah. put everything. And sometimes these people are just like, oh, I need to take my shoes off? Or, yeah. I see the lace-up boots. I'm like, this is amateur hour. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Come on. Got, like, a litre bottle of water. Yeah. <laughs> come on, guys. <laughs> no, it's true. We're pros at this. We need to start a masterclass on this. <laughs> Yeah, maybe we should do that. Yeah, the spin-off of floaters, which is <laughs> how to actually travel. You know, my favorite way of traveling though is uh, is by train. I, I, that's my favorite way. Ah, it's I like, do love that. You can see outside a window. You can still pack and put your stuff, you know, on your overhead yeah. bit, and you can just um, I don't know if you get a good seat, you know, and you've got a good podcast or a um a good piece of music or something. I say yeah. a piece of music like I listen to Mozart. I mean like <laughs> just music. Just exactly music. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Veldi's concerto. Is that a good one? Um, <laughs> no, I do love the trade. I, I'm not going to lie. I love it. I think I prefer it to flying, to be very honest. Mm, me it's too. less pressure. Too. We should go on a train journey together. We should, mm. we should do that. I mean, <laughs> we, should, we should go on like... I don't know. Go to Scotland one day on the train. What am I talking about? I'm not sure. But pitching <laughs> ideas here. Uh, um, maybe we can uh, record another riveting, riveting uh, podcast on the train as well. On the train. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could definitely do that. Um, and um, I don't know what else. Um, so I guess I wanted to end on a question, mm-hmm. which is 
sometimes I feel like can be a bit loaded, but like, I want you to answer this, not with like anything to do with, you know, your documented identity or your, you know, residential identity, like just, you know, um, just you really. So like, who are you? Oh, wow. That is a very, very <laughs> difficult question. That's a question I ask myself every day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm staring into the mirror like, yeah. what are you? Who am I? What am I? What, what? Yeah. Oh, wow. Ooh. Ooh. Who am I? That's very, that's very hard. Okay, maybe a different question. I don't know. Like, how would you describe yourself? Like, if you had to say, hi, my name's Dora, and I, I don't know, I'm, I do this, or, do you know? Uh-huh, okay. Or your star sign, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, give me a second. Interesting. Maybe I'll answer it in this way. Mm -hmm. I would say, and this is what I I always say this, but it doesn't always make sense. But I always say I'm all about Africa and fashion. That I feel like that's the that's those are the two things that maybe define my interests best Mm -hmm. because I definitely strongly identify as a Nigerian woman and also yeah I've always just wanted to do something within the fashion industry I guess um so I would say I'm I feel like I was put into this world to kind of I'm here to curate (laughs) Africa and empower women that's kind of how I think of what I'm here to do you know what a lovely way to sum up the end of this podcast that is lovely um well adora it's always lovely to chat to you is there anything that you would like to plug or social media that you'd like people to follow um or anything you'd like to endorse at all it could be you know whatever you like Yeah, I mean, you can always follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Adora Saludo, A-D-A-O-R-A-S-O-L-U-D-O. So yeah, just kind of follow me on there. I talk about fashion, women issues, I guess, um, Nigerian fashion, tech sometimes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and also check out my clothing brand, Aura, which is an ethical made in Africa brand. So yeah. I'm very excited for that. Very excited. <laughs> um, and you'll, you'll be making me a dress, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of course. New collection coming out, hopefully before the end of this year. But yeah. <laughs> very exciting. So go follow Ify. Oh no, Adora. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't meant to say that. Go follow Adora. Okay, okay. I'm going to go follow Adora. Hey. And, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you can 
give me a follow on 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 Twitter. I'm not on Twitter, but you can follow me if you like uh, <laughs> at at Sophia uh, with a ph uh, m d v. Um, and uh, this has been uh, Floaters. <laughs> this is our first episode, and um, we hope to, hope to do some more for you. Um, and um, yeah. See you. <laughs> I'm so excited to be on the first episode. Oh God. Okay, I've got to stop this. I've got to stop this. This is gonna to go to And there we have it. That's the first episode. It's done. It's out there. Ah! I'm nervous and excited. Nervous and excited. Thank you to Aral for recording advice and editing help as well. It is very much appreciated. And thank you to you for listening. You've made it to the end. Congratulations. And stay tuned because there will be more episodes to come. Until then, please take care, stay safe, and that's it. Bye-bye for now. (laughs) 